Hello and welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Teresa and with me today is Steve. <laughs> oh my goodness. She Thanks. tries so hard to get it right and well, every time. Sometimes I think, do I have to say the is? He can just introduce himself. Sent, the sentence I'm demands only, the is. Uh, yeah, that's true. Guys, thanks so much for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christ-likeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life, as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our journeys of faith. Today we are in Psalm 34. Guys, we are slowly trucking along, getting through the Psalms, and I'm just loving it. Steve, do you want to read uh, the Psalm for us today? Yep. Uh, Psalm 34 of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh, children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears towards their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Mm. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Yeah, thank you. That's great, Steve. <clears throat> um, sorry, I just, I'm letting him know there's a little bit of silence because I'm letting him know that there's scriptures coming up. But uh, I don't he, have a Bible in front of me because I have my iPad, so uh, this is going to well, be I guess I'll jumping have to around. Okay, well, I, I'd like to give you a heads up, but sometimes I, I don't. I forgot today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. You know, We're going to dive go. in, guys. Uh, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, this is at a time in David's life when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, and then he drove him away and departed. But it doesn't really give a ton of information other than that. So it's kind of this... This time of his life, we know that there's a situation. David yeah. is pretending insanity, though he is not. Um, how, how uh, yeah. Interesting. How, Can you how just How desperate that is that, that you have to head? act crazy in front of your child so that they don't kill you? Like, yeah. And then he just drove him away and left. I guess that was the end result. He wanted him to leave. Yeah. So he left. And then yeah. David was able to bless well, the Lord. You know, leave, <laughs> and, leave the crazy people alone. Right? Yeah. Leave them alone. They're scary. Well, and who doesn't think their parents are crazy at some point? I know we have three kids, and there are times where they just think that we're a little bit nutty. But I think this is going beyond that. Yeah. Um, we don't pretend to be insane. No. Um, and no. unaware of reality. So this is, this is an interesting moment for David. 
But I think what verse 1 tells us is to bless the Lord at all times, right? Uh, Paul in Ephesians 5.20 tells us to give thanks always. Mm-hmm. Um, at always, your praise will be in my mouth. So verbally, our outward expression, our verbal expression is important to praise God with. Not just feel it in your heart, not just be thankful in your heart, but to open your mouth to praise the Lord with your words um, with, in the presence of other people, in the presence mm-hmm. of him. Like, this is an important thing that David is telling us, to always praise the Lord and praise him out loud. Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're to be heard doing that, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then verse 2 and 3, My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I love this because he's continuing to praise in his soul but then it says, the humble hear and be glad. So therefore, he's praising in his soul, and it bubbles out, and it comes out to that mm-hmm. verbal expression so that other people can hear it, be glad, and be encouraged. So this is something that, that we can take from this verse is that we encourage each other with our praise to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's not just for us. Yeah, no, there's a communal piece to all of this, right? All of our worship is in, uh, oftentimes in the context of community. Yeah, life together, right? Mm-hmm. How often are we discouraged and we hear of something happen and someone else is praising God because of a situation in their life and we can take that and be encouraged through that Yeah, and hear how God is working. Yeah, and this psalm, I got a little note here that just says oh, yeah. this psalm is written as almost an acrostic. Yes, it's, that's right. So this is one that so probably was taught with a memory. Hmm bit like it's a b c d e f g mm-hmm. you know we have a little i could i we need albert to come <laughs> yeah. we have a oh, i don't know albert's five f- i four. don't know how old he is now he's but uh, he can recite the greek he can recite the greek and hebrew alphabet because he's memorized them and he so, has ha- been able to do that for a few years now yeah so he uh, literally the kid is a genius. could roll that through yeah. but apparently this is an acrostic that uses every letter in the hebrew alphabet okay. except for wa Interesting. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I don't know. Um, but it would be used to make sure that people could memorize this. Okay. The parts so of it, kind of like right? what we would do in Awana, but a little bit more yeah. Hebrew school version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. A little more serious, maybe. I don't know. Uh, verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from my fears. So why do we praise them? Why do we seek him? Because he answers us, and he delivers us. So we need to go to him and we need to seek him. Yeah. And we need to praise him. That's part of it. And so David is praising him because he sought the Lord and he answered and the Lord delivered him from his fears. Yeah. No, <laughs> this, is, this is the weird part to mm. think about this. Okay. So there's actually a debate in theology yeah. about whether David sinned by acting, acting crazy because he yeah, was yeah. deceiving. Right. Right. He's, yeah. he's lying about his, yeah, yeah. his to an end result that he wanted. mental state. Yeah. To get what he wanted. Yeah. So there's actually a little bit of a debate of like, is this one of those moments where David was doing the wrong thing? Right. Right? Or not. And hmm. I mean, I don't know. It seems seems a little crazy, but this verse, yeah. I sought the Lord, he heard me and delivered me from my fears. Like, I don't know if this is the right thing to do, but yeah. um, I did it and I got delivered. So <laughs> thank you. He Lord. delivered Bless me from my fears, right? I praise the Lord. Yeah, exactly. And then verse 5, 
it uh, it just starts to describe those who seek the Lord. What kind of like who is it that seeks the Lord? Those who look to Him are radiant, mm-hmm. and their faces shall never be ashamed. So those who seek the Lord are radiant, yeah, and will never be ashamed. So this it's like, is uh, an encouraging. It's like Paul when he talks about the unveiled mm. faces. Like yeah. we have that Moses coming down from Mount Sinai. There's this. There's this the transfiguration. Uh, Jesus in the transfiguration. They they had a glowing right you know face kind of yeah. deal so there's a transformation that happens and this is this is again david saying Pointing that same to thing that, right? right like when you have that experience with the lord mm-hmm. verse 6 this poor man cried and the lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles i love this in that and we know that david is very genuine um most of the time anyways and we love that about him mm-hmm. but i think for us too like he says this poor man when we realize that we are poor without the without Jesus. We are poor mm-hmm. uh, in our spirit. We are poor in our in our life and our eternity. We have nothing to offer. Jesus is our everything, and I love yeah. how he um, admits that. This yeah. poor man. I lo- he's, I, he switches. Yeah, he switches like the I, and then you know the third person. <laughs> he's a little confusing. Yeah. Like, I'm a writer. As a writer, if I were to do that, I'm not so sure that I would be able to continue to work. People would be like, what are you doing? Like, you're confusing me. Who are you talking about? Yeah, no, but you do switch when you write for the company you write for. There's times you are writing in first person, and then you talk about the group, the team. No, this is David, though. This David is, David. is saying, I, yeah. I, I, this poor man. Yeah. That's a little yeah. different. But, I mean, I get that. Even yeah. for... And you know what? It might have worked that way for the acrostic. It yeah. might have been that this is poetry. And in poetry, we often do uh, and use different things and different, um, what is, what is it, the, the, the word that I'm looking for? Uh, techniques or yeah, whatever techniques to, in order to make um, it work. Yeah. Right? So maybe this is part of that, this poor man. You know, when it comes down to it, I don't know. But he, he realizes and recognizes that he is poor and he needs the Lord. And it mm. is the Lord who saves. Yeah. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. This, I love this imagery. The angel of the Lord encamps around. Mm. I think when I was growing up, I love this verse because when I was growing up, I would picture that, you know, the angels and the protection and, and just that being safe in the Lord. It was yeah. very visual for me. And then because of that, they're delivered. Yeah. This is, this is something completely aside, but super <laughs> fascinating. To okay. Me. So when the Israelites were traveling through the desert, right? Yeah. yeah. And they were given specific ways to camp when they okay. would set up the tent of the meeting place and then put the ark in it and the yeah. pillar of cloud and fire and all that stuff was happening. And they moved when the pillar moved. Yeah. Um, they were told the Levites went outside the gate, yep. and then all of the different tribes were told to encamp yep. around the tent yep. of the meeting place in yep. a very prescribed way. Yes. Apparently, that's also the way many people believe that's the way they moved. Oh, interesting. Like the Levites went out first, okay. and all the other tribes were surrounding well, it as they moved. Sense. So they moved in a mob, mm-hmm. not in a line. Right. Right? Pictures always show the they Israelites do. moving in a line, yeah. but it was m- probably much more like a massive mob of people. Like the army ants when they moving. 
like the army ants, <laughs> they have the, no, sorry, I, I know. know, I just, I live I in Africa, no we had a lot of army ants, <laughs> the driver ants. But here it is, like, yeah, it's saying the, 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 the angelic camp around him, mm-hmm. like the idea there is he's that center, yeah. there's no way to get to him except for through the angelic camp, Yeah. right? Just like there was no way to get to the Ark of the, or the, the tent of the meeting place except for to go through all of the people of Israel. Yeah, right, exactly. And then the lo- those who fear the Lord are in there, yeah. protected and delivered. Verse 8, I love this one. I mean, I think we all love this one. Oh, taste <laughs> and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So this is this is where I have a couple verses. We have Hebrews six five. If you have that ready, if yep. not, I can. Uh, six five of Hebrews, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come. Mm-hmm. So here we have taste and see that the Lord is good. What does that mean? Um, in Hebrews, it tells us that the goodness of the word to experience that, to read that the the word is good. First uh, Peter two verse three. It's just reiterating, I believe. If indeed you have tasted mm. that the Lord is good. Yeah. That's yeah. like pure, long for pure spiritual milk. Yeah. So that you can grow in your salvation. Yeah. If indeed you have tasted right. that the Lord is good. Right. Yeah. So verse, kind of coming back to this verse, like this one is not saying if. This one is saying, oh, taste and see. Like this is an opportunity for you to experience the Lord, to see his goodness, to praise him, like to taste yeah. and see him. Yeah. Um, it's not just, it involves more of the senses than just seeing, yeah. than just feeling, like yeah. tasting and hearing, you know, all of it. Like it's, a, it well, involves it's, yourself in the Lord. It's in you, right? You yeah. ingest it. It's totally. part of you. It's how you grow. It's what comes, goes in you. It's what comes out of you, right? Yeah, it's exactly. And verse nine, it goes on to say, oh, fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear him, have no lack. Mm. See, he's got you. If you fear the Lord, you will lack nothing. And I know sometimes in our minds, we have what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And that isn't necessarily what it looks like for God, what he's meaning. Um, If you want to read Psalms 2 verse 12, this actually correlates to this verse when I was studying. And I just find find it interesting. So if you want to go ahead and read that. Kiss the son, lest he be angry Mm. and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Yeah. So this this is like, hey, fear the Lord, you'll have no lack. But on the flip side, if you don't fear the Lord, there's consequences, right? Like like when we were talking about this the other day, as you said, a callous and flippant faith is dangerous. Yep. It, it leads to death. It doesn't lead to life. Yeah, and that's that's what that that Psalm two is 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 about. And right, we we there's a rod and a staff, right? Those aren't uh, those aren't uh, warm and cuddly. Get a no, hug because right. like this is if you play with faith, there is wrath. There is there is there is repercussions for not not. Uh, honestly working out faith. Mm-hmm. If you're playing at it, if you're pretending, if yeah. you're it does, toying it's not with God, genuine. it's not good for you. No, no. So I think this is this is an encouragement. Fear the Lord. You will lack nothing yeah. with um, a little bit of a warning. Yeah. Right? And, like, and just to catch everybody, hmm. fearing the Lord is not synonymous with being afraid of God. Right. No, that's a good Fearing point. Fearing the Lord is understanding the power, the majesty, mm, the might, the, the authority, 
the the sovereignty that God has to do as He wills and decrees. Right. Whereas we don't fear, we're not afraid of God mm-hmm. because He's not unpredictable. Right. That's right. Right. God tells us very clearly, right out there. He says, "This is these are the people I bless. Yeah. These are the people that live with me forever. These are the people that my Son came for. This is how you spend eternity." With me in heaven. He's very clear. Here we go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, that's great. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a good point. Verse 10, the young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Mm-hmm. So the Lord provides for those who fear him, but the young lions suffer want. They want, they're hungry, they have no rest, they find no shelter. That's kind of the yeah. picture you get there, right? Yeah. And then verse 11 goes on and says, Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Yeah. So verse 11, I love how this is, you know, he says, I will teach you. We need to be taught to fear the Lord because it doesn't necessarily come natural. Yeah. We're ignorant yeah. on what that means. We're ignorant on what that looks like in our life. Yeah. Um, so we need to be taught it. And I think it's okay for us to say, I'm learning this. Yeah, You know, I'm learning this and this is something that I am going to seek after is how do I fear the Lord? How do I live my life in fear, but in awe and reverence? Yeah, it's like, right? it's like anytime you have uh, a parent or a supervisor at work or a superior or whatever, somebody who's in charge and they clearly say, hey, this is what's expected. Yeah. This is what happens if you don't meet expectations. You're not actually afraid of them. Right but you do have a fear yeah, yeah, of the authority that they have. There's that. And that's a little bit of the, the reality of what this fear of the Lord, it's rooted in action and it's not, yeah. it's not about, you know. Um, it's not about cowering in yeah, being afraid yeah. as if you were afraid of the dark when you were a child. Yeah. Because and it's clear, going to hurt you. And that's clearly not here David is saying, look, <clears> I can me. teach you how to do this. Yeah, I can teach yeah. you what this means. I love like, that so much. Like in David... Killed Goliath with a couple right. pebbles. Yeah. He killed his tens of thousands when I mean, Saul God only killed him thousands, in right? Like he understands, he actually understands what it means to be feared. Yeah, that's true. Like for people to be afraid yeah, of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when David decided that the army was coming, you were in trouble. Yeah. Now, yeah. it's not the same thing, right? We we fear the Lord. It's it's a different deal. You're in awe, right? In yeah. reverence. And then how does that look trans? Mm-hmm. Like transpire into our lives. Um, verse 12, because so he says, I'm going to teach you, I can teach you how to fear the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? So he's saying, mm-hmm. who doesn't? Who doesn't want life, uh, a good life and a long life? You know, who does live to a long way? He's saying, this is, this is what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So, and then he goes on and he says, he teaches us. He tells us and gives us instructions all the way to verse 14. Yep. Keep your tongue from evil. Yeah. Keep your lips from speaking deceit. So these are mm-hmm. these are two things. Don't speak evil. Don't lie. Yep. Turn away from evil and do good. Yep. Seek peace and pursue it. Mm-hmm. So then those are what he's telling us to do. This is how we live in fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, his ears toward their cry. So he's saying, if you do these things, the Lord is watching you. Mm-hmm. You are righteous. Yep. And he listens to you. So when you cry to him, he will hear you. 
Yep. Because you belong to him. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, that's, it sounds easy, but it's not always easy, <laughs> is it? Turn away from evil and do good. Like, what does that even mean to some people now? I find our society doesn't even recognize evil as evil anymore. It's accepted. I was accepted. just going to say, like, the scale is pretty pretty wonky. Everybody has right? their own view of what is like evil. Like, your own truth. and like, like, I could say a bunch of stuff that I think right. is true, but it probably <laughs> would be offensive to some other people, particularly whether that's right. culture or mm-hmm. or gender or whatever whatever right. plays into the way that right. you understand things. Yeah. Um, because we forget that what is good is in Scripture. Yes. We, it's outlined, right? Yeah. Like we, yeah. we hold to that. Like if you're looking for the absolute truth, scripture. Scripture, always. I love how it says seek peace. So look for peace, but mm-hmm. not just look for it, pursue it. Yeah. Go after it. Yeah. And that's hard because so often we believe that we're right and that we have a right to be heard. And not that we don't have those things, but we are to be seeking peace and then to pursue it, which might look like dying to ourselves. It might look like putting someone else before our own needs. Yeah. And these are not easy things for us to do. Yeah. All right. Verse 15, I think I already did. Verse 16, the face of the Lord is against. So first verse 15, excuse me, is saying that the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. His ears are towards their cry. If you do these things, Mm -hmm. but then it goes on to say what will happen to you if you do not. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off. Listen to this, guys. Listen, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. Mm -hmm. There are consequences for not seeking the Lord, for not doing these things, not keeping your tongue from evil, for lying, for, for not turning away from evil, for not doing good. And for not caring about peace and not mm-hmm. pursuing it. There's consequences. And then yeah. verse 17 goes on to say, a little bit of hope now. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. So this one is very much a flip-flop, right? This is what you do. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen if you don't. So it's a, an encouragement with a warning. An encouragement with a warning. Yeah. Yeah, and then so. verse 18, it says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Yeah. I don't know how many people I know, including myself at times, that have just like clung to some of these verses. You know, I seek, I seek you, Lord. Be near to me. I'm broken right now. Yeah. As and, Spurgeon said, mm-hmm. broken hearts think God is far away. When he is really the most near to them, their eyes are holden so that they do not see their best friend. Indeed, mm. he is with them and in them, but they know it not. Yeah, well, there is that, especially in clinical depression, where you don't feel those emotions, right? People love you and they care about you, but you don't feel that. And it's isolating. Verse 19. I don't remember when it was. It was like several weeks ago. And we talked about depression and Spurgeon and the word that they used, they would convalesce. Yes. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember what the word was that day. And I said it would bother me. Oh, (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? Spurgeon with his depression. No, I think he remembered it. Maybe, Because I, I, I remember it, you saying that. Verse 19, many are the <laughs> afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So he's not saying that you're righteous, therefore you will have no problems. Yeah. You will have no issues. You will have no troubles. No, he's saying you will, but I will deliver you. Yeah. Maybe not right away. Maybe not in the way you want, but I will deliver you, so hold fast. So verse 20 and 21 is, a, is a, I think, an encouragement to hold fast, to persevere. 
Right. Uh, he keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Like, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be contemned. There is a time coming when all of your pain will end, and those who torment you will be no more. You mm-hmm. just have to hold on until that time. Yeah. And verse 22 is a promise. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. None. Do you hear that? None of you who take refuge in the Lord will be condemned. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. I don't know. What, what do you need to hope in right now? I feel that this chapter is an encouragement for hope for us to tell you and encourage you to keep holding on to your faith. Keep seeking peace. Pursue it. Pursue the Lord. What, what does it mean to taste and see that the Lord is good? Um, Dig into that. Dig into the word. Trust that he is going to rescue you and he will deliver. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like or comment on our social streams, or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to the people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day. Hope you can join us next time. Until next time.